0: everybody and welcome to the South Summit podcast. South Summit is a platform that accelerates the global entrepreneurial community and here's a space where we get to go deep with some of the thought leaders from that industry discussing the trends and the technology that are shaping our world today. I'm Liz Fleming and I'll be guiding you through some of these conversations. Very excited for you to join us. Today we have one of my absolute favourites. It's Ruchika Sikri, general partner at Wisdom Ventures. This venture firm based out of Silicon Valley is transforming the world of venture capital, looking for early stage entrepreneurs that are creating connection and technology to serve humanity. Interviewed here by yours truly, we get to deep dive into the type of opportunities that Ruchika and her team are looking at. Thank you for
1: being here. Is, my pleasure So
0: excited to have you In our first series of our podcast, no less
1: mm-hmm. So
0: you're one of the privileged few And we're so glad it's you um, So I just want to kick off um, and give you a little background from our side About why you're here Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear later on why you think you're here. Maybe we'll dive in a little bit to obviously what you're doing, mm-hmm. how you ended up at Wisdom, what's happening there, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and all the opportunities. But I'd love to kind of set the scene into how we got right here, right now, mm-hmm. if you'll allow me.
1: Oh, I would love to know what brought me
0: here. <laughs> <And> you. <laughs> So we've been doing um, a whole lot of soul searching at South Summit, as I guess everybody has in recent years. And it is our job to kind of be on track with macro trends and what's going on in the world and how that relates to business and particularly to entrepreneurship and innovation, technology and disruption, which is our core. That's our core community. And on that journey, we started looking at, I wonder if there's anybody else out there that thinks like that or that can help, you know, participate in this. And we came across Wisdom Ventures, which absolutely blew my mind. So I am fangirl, I have to admit. I like to, um, I suppose I consider myself a recovering venture capitalist. And when I came across you guys, I was just filled with so much hope and also being born in the core ecosystem of Silicon Valley that you guys could come out with an investment thesis that was so clear, so well-defined, so unique and kind of really feels like on the right track. I feel like you guys have nailed that mm-hmm. um, and that's why you're here because I think on our journey to correcting the planet we need to correct ourselves we need to be well we need to be strong we need to be creative and we can't do that you know unless we have the space for ourselves and our immediate families and immediate communities and our colleagues and our co-founders and and it's just so inspired to see that you guys you know we're really making strides on that track so that's why you're here. (laughs) Thank you for coming. So please, Ruchika, tell us all about it. How, what is Wisdom Ventures? How did it kick off? Who are the brains behind it? Um, And let's get a little bit deeper into what you guys are doing.
1: Oh my gosh. First of all, I'm just going to take a moment and share, like, just my heart is expanding, you know, for you to recognize how important inner work is in order to see a better world outside of us and what we see what we are concerned about today if you're not happy with it it's all created from the inner world we each live in and as a collective we live together in and that's what really inspired us to form this venture firm called wisdom ventures and um yeah just taking a moment Um, that there is this rising recognition and you saying that as a holder and a creator and a contributor to this big conference that brings tens and thousands of people together every year is so reassuring uh, to know that the message that we are trying to spread is getting across and it's helpful and people see the connection so Um, I feel just the trip overseas (laughs) has been so worth it just to come all all the way here. Um, Well, Wisdom Ventures came about about an year and a half, close to two years ago. And the intention was basically just that, that we wanted people to familiarize themselves of their own inner, inner climate and the inner climate of each other. The self-awareness and that compassion that we can hold for each other is instrumental if we have to do anything to change this world to become a better place for the climate change, to um, address the climate change, to address the inequity gap, to stop the wars. We really need to be connected with our own inner self. So when we came together as a team, we were exploring what should our thesis be we believe that investing in companies that are bringing mindfulness, human connection, and well-being into the world is going to be transformational of that inner climate change that we want to address. And that was the premise of us coming together. I had just left Google six months before we formed the company. And I was talking to my um, partner now, my business partner, Soren Gordhammer, he and uh, one of the other partner we have on our team, Cecily Mack, they were thinking of forming this venture fund. And when I left Google, I was encountering so many founders who were working on inner health and well-being platforms. And that was coming my way primarily because uh, at Google, out of my 15 years, I spent eight years expanding, establishing, architecting, scaling, these inner transformation programs for all our employees across the world, all 170,000 of them in more than 250 cities and offices. And I realized while I was at Google that people come there with so much aptitude to do well, to innovate, to create, and change the world. However, all of our lives, inner lives, were struggling. We were burnt out, we had stress, we didn't know where to draw the boundaries between work and life. And um, that's why our team was put together at Google to actually help people get educated on what does well-being mean, how mindfulness plays a role, what does what is the role of compassion in creating psychological safety and trust and respect within the organization. And we were very successful in establishing programs and communities and social norms for people to practice well-being within the organization. And I was proud to do that, you know, after creating a volunteer community of 500 people, um, having 25,000 people take the programs that we created. And even within COVID time, 50,000 plus people were um, participating in daily meditations offered around the world. So we, I felt like the world was ready to change and look within, look inward. And coming out of Google, seeing this innovation happening in the inner transformation space with mental health resources, mindfulness apps, and other platforms uh, to provide help to people who were ready for it was just a sure sign that we need to do something about it. So here I was seeing all of the founders creating, and my friends Soren and Cecily were seeing similar um, ideas and also had a lot of people who wanted to invest in ideas like that. So we came together and continued to expand the team. Then um, our friend, and wise teacher Jack Kornfield joined us. Uh, he is the third most prominent Buddhist teacher who brought meditation Incredible. to the West.
0: Pretty sure he's how I found you guys.
1: Oh, wonderful! <laughs> it's not a surprise. Mostly people find us through Jack um, and or through Young Pueblo, who is who was our next partner. Diego Perez is his real name. He goes by the pen name Young Pueblo, and he joined our team. Along with this, like we were being guided by a very wise and um, experienced venture capitalist. His name is Gust Hai, and I give a lot of credit to him to guide us on how to go from being practitioners and creators of these programs to becoming a VC uh, in the world. And then lastly, we were joined by Bradley Horowitz as our sixth partner, who is uh, a vice president at Google still and was the creator of uh, Area 120, which is an incubator within Google. If you think about it, like if people want to create and innovate on new ideas that Google hasn't quite looked into yet, um, they were asked to move into this department, Area 120, and innovate new products and you know platforms that became the real products going forward. So that's how we came together. And we put a thesis uh, together. And we started reaching out to potential investors and founders And just to wrap up and, you know, share where we stand today, we have very super aligned, mission-driven LPs that we have rounded. This includes um, founders of LinkedIn, Jeff Wiener, founder of Slack, um, Stuart Butterfield, and the co-founder of Twitter, Ev Williams, uh, founder of um, Blue Bottle Coffee, which is very popular. I don't know if it's made its way into Spain yet. but uh, CEO of Etsy, executives from Google, Meta, Pinterest. So a lot of tech leaders have joined us as our LPs, and we've gone about cur- curating a portfolio of 15 companies uh, very proudly after receiving interest from 900 plus founders wanting investments from us, and uh, meeting with about 150 founders you know, on Zoom calls in person so far. So that's, where that's we amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. I know. As I say it, every time I'm like, what has that happened? Wow, that's, like, that's amazing.
0: That's <laughs> too funny. Well, congratulations. Thank oh my you. Gosh. What an achievement in space of about two years, no?
1: Mm-hmm. The world that's, is ready for it, I this think. This is
0: it, yes. right? I think this is what's so exciting about the opportunity, mm-hmm. the, the momentum is tangible. It's palpable, you know, and I think you guys have clearly nailed it in terms of even bringing in the glitterati of tech into the fund as the LPs. I mean, it's wonderful, but I mean, what validation, you know. So, again, it really struck me about your your investment thesis because, you know, it's kind of just a landing page. There wasn't a lot, much more else going on, you know, but it's, I guess it sticks in instantly or it doesn't, you know, and which is, that's a wonderful um North Star, no, for portfolio companies and for um, LPs, no. Um, I'm a Kaufman Fellow myself, and I, I was so fortunate to spend a whole bunch of time in Silicon Valley over the years that I was studying for the program and continue to get over and back sometimes to engage with that network, which I adore. They're all over the world. And it was always about like, nail your investment thesis you know it really has to make sense for you and the team and it's really your unique composition and your unique vision that will set you apart you know and it sounds easy but it's so challenging and I mean I'm almost a graduate 10 years now so It's very, very rare that, you know, you see a fund with a very pertinent investment thesis. I mean, honestly, Andreessen and Horowitz were kind of, you know, they invented the game of changing up the show, let's say. And it's quite rare, I think, that you find real innovative models come through or focuses. So well done on that. And I think you can just see the momentum behind it, you know, so that's incredible. Um, Just before we dive, I'd love to dive into some examples on portfolio companies, things that you're looking at. Just before we do, because you are, you know, a world-round expert in terms of well-being, you know, and also performance, right? <laughs> You're nailing it. You know, head of Google, running these programs, scaling them up globally. Um, on the practical results, I suppose for you as a team, and for your portfolio companies and how you guide them, etc. How particularly in a place like Silicon Valley, where it is so competitive. You know and you know extreme performance appears to be from the outside at least status quo how do you integrate that peace calm stillness space into your lives maybe on a more practical terms how do you coach your portfolio companies through that and you know I guess everybody can design their calendar and carve out time and then the LP calls and then the board member calls, and, you know, things can kind of start to slip away sometimes. And um, how do you, you know, reiterate that for yourselves and for your portfolio companies?
1: I think there has been an awakening all across humanity, and we're riding that wave, wow. is what I would say. You know, COVID came upon as a big challenge for humanity, and at the same time, it was um, a real call to action to prioritize our health and well-being. I saw a tremendous shift in us as humans to understand how precious our life is, how precious our energy is, how limited our time is on this planet. And um, from there, I've seen people truly creating an intention to prioritize, avoiding burnout, building strategies to care for their well-being and their loved ones. We get lost, I would say, it's not like 100% um, implementable to, you know, be part of the race that we are in, in making revenue, growth, scaling, targets. But at the same time, as we are meeting with the founders, we are finding that people are coming from that place of working on their inner self. Actually, that's our number one criteria when we look at a founding company and the founder we ask, what's the inner work that they are doing?
0: Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's literally part of your due diligence formalized.
1: Number one. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, it. that's exactly it. Because my follow following question was about what's the how do you change the VC model to reflect that you know so
1: exactly. That's
0: incredible. That's incredible.
1: That's like if you start from that point and people have a practice. And I'm not necessarily saying there must be a meditator or must practice yoga and exercise, whatever that is. You know, whatever their true, real inner awakening has been, we want to know about it and what brought them to that. So if you look at our portfolio companies, you know, the founders have created the companies because of a personal loss and a challenge that they have faced. Either working in a corporate, losing a loved one, going through a very tough motherhood journey themselves, Or something that, you know, brought them to a place where they worked on healing their own traumas. Or they um, saw somebody struggling with it and also identified that there are no resources available to help people. It could be workplace well-being. It could be motherhood support. It could be grief and loss. Um, So that's the number one thing we see. And it makes our life a little bit easier, Liz, because when people have a practice and they're connected to that practice uh, and awareness, you know, we don't need to go save people from burnout and stress management. We just need to be present when they are feeling the pressures of that crossroads when that comes, like, where the values and the intention, the mission, and the vision through which they created the company in the first place. We just want them to know that we're around when it comes to that crossroad where they have to make a choice, where they have to compromise on those you know, with Jack as a mentor available to all of us as the partner team and has that offer to our founders. Uh, with all of us, like, have done inner work, coaching, you know, our own growth work. Um, you know, we're forming. Awesome. Yeah. Is the
0: Young Pueblo syllabus a requirement? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, if you just uh, follow him on Instagram, I'm putting a big plug here. I don't know. I think uh, you, would, you would have some scope of emerging enlightenment happening every day if you check <laughs> exactly.
0: your social media. Exactly. It's such yeah. a gift. It's such a gift. It's gorgeous. Right. That's amazing. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, please dive into some of the portfolios. You've made 20 investments.
1: Yeah, 15. 15, 15 sorry, 15. Yes. Um, yeah, our first investment was in a company called AMI, which is now... Uh, Titled to HuPo, they're actually helping organizations really um, have an avenue for managers to identify and support the human potential that they have, not in terms of their human resources, but the potential of creativity that lies within an organization. And, And so AMI is one of the company, we also invested in a company called Peoplehood, which is basically at the crux of human connection, Liz. Like what you just said at the beginning of it, Loneliness is surrounding us. You know, U.S. Surgeon General just published a report called uh, "Calling Call to Action on people feeling so socially isolated that it's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day and developing chronic illnesses because you don't have anyone who you can truly connect with. 5,000 friends on Facebook and 10,000 followers on Instagram? Sure, but can you actually just go and have a meal with a friend, you know, it's really becoming challenging for people. So peoplehood is like solving for that. We just invested in a company called Better Leave, and they're supporting people go through grief and loss, have emotional, psychological support, but also know how to do estate planning and management when their loved ones pass away. Um, We've invested in a couple of AI companies, you know, Hume.ai. Um, and we've also made a small investment in OpenAI recently.
0: Well, I have to say, that chat, <laughs> yeah. with Jack and Sam, Yeah. wow. I mean, that says it all as well, right? I mean, you've all the big names in the fund, but getting that depth of conversation at this time, this moment with him, two of them mm-hmm. together,
1: as they would say here in Spain, chapo. Oh, and wonderful chapo. I would say that twice. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I truly feel part of our mission is um, to enable good technology to be created in the world and also support these disrupting technologies that are being created in the world to be present and see how our values can support the ethical development of those areas as well, like AI. It's the talk of the town, it's scary, and at the t- same time, it's also very exciting innovation that has just recently come about. So we feel very grateful Actually, and to be
0: fair, now, now that I'm even reflecting on the importance of that information that you've invested in OpenAI, that gives me such comfort. We had Sam Altman here last month oh, at IE University, our co-founders, our partners. It was such a privilege just to hear from the horse's mouth so up front and close, you know, um, and he just seems like an amazing guy. But it gives me such comfort knowing you guys are in there, you know, so that's that's awesome. I'm thrilled, thrilled to hear that. Um, I'm just looking at the team here. Jaime, what's going on? I'm getting some funny looks and smiles and winks, and are we, we need to wrap up, do we? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just, Shoot one question to Ruchika, and then I think we have one last surprise. So Ruchika, it's great to have you here. We have one question for you from Jared Jernau, our previous Mm -hmm. guest. He's the director of innovation at the Biomimicry Institute, right? They do a lot of work inspired by nature. And he wants to know, how might we learn from some of the animals that we say are wise in nature? How might we learn from the owls or the elephants to inform both our mental health and also inform investment strategies moving forward?
1: That's a wonderful question, Jared. Thank you. I think, I think animals have just the sense of presence and equanimity. I think there's so much to learn from just that. You know, there's this famous quote from John Kabat-Zinn that I remind myself always of: as humans, like we try to do things, do things, or we try to let go of things. And John kabat says, if you can't let go of things, let things be. And when I look at animals, like a dog or an owl or any wise uh, form of them, I just feel like they're present and they're equanimous. You know, they eat when they need to, and then they sleep when they need to. And at the same time, humans have been given a gift of intellect, of creating, of producing and evolving the world my invitation and reflection on that is like how do we how do we adopt some of that wise nature of animals and also use the gifts that we have uniquely received as humans and combine those two forces to create a world that looks better than what it is today
0: amazing I love it there's a challenge Jared at the biomimicry institute to go study maybe a little deeper what's going on with the animals and see if we can replicate that amazing and now Ruchika it's your turn so um you can throw out a question for any of our amazing guests that you don't know that we have on the podcast, it's a surprise. They're all, as you can imagine, your caliber here in the South Summit community. So throw you can throw a question out to the ethers that will later be answered by somebody who steps up to the challenge.
1: Okay. Thank you for that opportunity. Well, my question is, what role does our own inner world and as a collective inner world of all of us humans play in what the world would look like in 2030.
0: Nice. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I think she's nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Ruchika. That's all we have time for. i love to dive in deeper. We could be here all day, but thank you for this moment of inspiration
1: in amongst the madness. (laughs) Oh my gosh! This has been—it feels like I'm just having a cool coffee chat with you, Liz. Thank Yay. you for making it so useful, and thank you, South Summit, for having me here. Any time, any time. Delighted to have you. Thanks, Vicky. Thank you.
0: So much fun getting a little bit more intimate there with Ruchika. It's so exciting to see innovation happening in the venture capital world. If you want to go a little bit deeper with some of our other thought leaders from the South Summit community, stay tuned to the South Summit podcast. And in the meantime, connect with us on social media.